1: SmallBusinessDigest.net. We have a very unusual program tonight, and we're going to start off with what I think is going to be a very fascinating guest. Uh, As many of you know, there's been, uh, for the last two or three years, a day set aside in November called Small Business Day encouraging people to uh, shop and buy uh, uh, at their local or nas- uh small business uh, location. Uh it works for retail, but uh for many others consultants, uh, spa manufacturers, spa operators, there's been very little uh, said about how they can take advantage of it. Well, happily, across my desk came an email About about Nikki Violetti, uh, a front uh, front desk. She's here tonight to talk to how service companies can benefit from special holiday and small business events. Nikki, welcome to the show.
2: Thanks, Don. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me.
1: Well, I just found out you're right there in Reno, Nevada. I'm going to be out there on and off for the next six months. So uh, hopefully, you know, we may even meet personally. Uh, that would be great. Nikki, <laughs> yes. Um you have a very unusual background. So before we get into the subject, uh, as we ask all our guests, tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Sure, sure, yeah. Um, well, back in 2004, I, I started dating a, a guy that ended up being my now husband, and he was opening a business. And I hadn't intended to do much in the business realm. I was um, planning to study acupuncture, do a, do a graduate program, and, and become an acupuncturist. Um, so I met my husband, and he was opening a gym. And we ended up opening what was then the fourth CrossFit affiliate in the world. And now, for those familiar with CrossFit, there are over 10,000 affiliates worldwide. And so we opened this gym, and both of us had a passion for helping people. And, and you know, my husband in particular had expertise and training but neither of us had much in the way of a skill set for managing a business. I had an econ degree originally but you know oddly enough studying economics really doesn't prepare you for doing the day-to-day tasks that are involved with running a service business. So over the last 10 years I've I've learned um kind of you know by you know looking up to mentors and reading and trial and error We've we've tried every iteration possible in our gym, and we've kind of fine tuned it and made it into a really successful business. And we've also done a lot of consulting with other people in, in a similar situation. So, um, like I, like I mentioned, you know, wasn't really. Prepared for, for life as a small business owner, but became one through and through, and now I'm a big advocate for folks in, in, in the small business world, especially service businesses, those that you know are teaching our kids and 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 teaching ourselves new skills and helping us lead the lives that we want to lead. So, um, it, it's it's been a fun ride.
1: Well, it's been a fun ride, and, and now you're sharing that expertise. But um, don't you have a book or something coming out?
2: Um, I, I I don't have a book. Um, we've been we do a lot of content on our on our website at Front Desk, helping small businesses um, learn how to everything across the board. Whether it's pricing your services, how to hire and fire your staff, how to um, you know get set up with an employee handbook, like all of the things that a small business owner needs when they're starting out. When they're growing and then also when they're expanding their business and thinking about hey maybe I'm ready for a second location or maybe i'm um you know ready to to bring on a partner and, and expand in another state those types of things
1: okay and what is front front desk
2: so front desk front desk is so d- during my time um in the gym we started with using without using any any uh, type of software. We started taking attendance and man- billing people manually. Then we implemented a software system that worked, but it was a little bit dated and was pretty difficult to train our staff um, to utilize it. And in a service business, you want to make sure that you're tracking visits, you're you're billing your people properly, that you have a, a nice way to schedule them, or a way for them to book appointments. And so uh, one of my friends, who happens to be involved with CrossFit Seattle, um, he was an early Expedia guy. and. We decided that there was a huge need in the market for for a platform that could really make it really easy for service businesses to manage their business. The so front desk is just that. It's a mobile first because everything's mobile these days. Um, people can do everything from their phone, so it's a mobile first client management solution. From one app, you can manage your clients. You can schedule them for services. You can charge them for those services you can track all of their history in your business. Um you can look at analytics and reporting. So it really gives you the ability to kind of dig deep and see everything that's going on in your business.
1: Okay. So how long have you been doing that?
2: We um we launched we, we launched Desk in March of twenty thirteen. So we um we're just coming up on two years with with customers live on the platform we've got Thousands of customers up in in twelve um, in twelve languages. So we we localize to for international businesses. So we've got twelve languages on the platform. Um, people using us all across the world. So it's it's been fun, and growing, growing quickly.
1: Well, you started out with a gym. Now you have a, a, an online app. And uh, what have you learned over over this past ten years? That you'd like to share with our audience.
2: Oh goodness, um, learned a lot. I guess the main thing is that whatever whatever you're starting, it might not just turn over the way that you think it is right out of the gate. So you have to have a lot of perseverance. Um, but don't be afraid to ask for help because there's likely somebody who's done something similar, if not uh, you know, identical to what you your, your, the path you're trying to go down. And if you can get help from a mentor who can kind of guide you in those early stages, it'll be a lot easier. Your journey will be a lot easier.
1: Well, uh, do you still have the gym or or have you uh, uh, passed on that?
2: We do still have the gym. We actually ended up bringing in um, two of our our trainers, uh, my sister and her husband actually, as part owners. So they run the gym day to day. We're involved peripherally. Um, we're still part owners. But yeah, they. in a service business, it's really important, in my opinion, that the owner has a presence. And since my husband and I wanted to move out of, our gym is in Northern California, in Chico, and we are now living in Reno, Nevada. And having that owner presence is really important in the service business. Your, your customer, it's all about relationships. Your customers come through the door. They want to know that it, you know, the the vibe of the place it, it really changes if it, if there's an owner present. And so we brought them on as part owners, and they're doing a wonderful job uh, managing that, or you know,
1: running the gym day to day. What well, did what? Just out of curiosity, why did you move to Reno?
2: Um, I had been itching for more seasonality. Chico's a great little town, um, but it, you know, it, it you have. You have fall and you have summer, pretty much. <laughs> um, and it's pretty flat. And Reno is, there's, you know, we're at 5,000 feet in elevation. We get four seasons with snow. And um, so we're looking for a change. And then my husband actually travels a fair bit. And Reno has a much better airport. Chico is a little puddle jumper airport that takes you to San Francisco or you have to drive to Sacramento. So it was kind of a strategic decision, um, one, for kind of personal reasons and wanting a different, you know, different environment in four seasons and also the convenience factor of the airport.
1: Well, now let's get to the topic um how can service companies and I assume it's like dog uh, grooming, anything from dog grooming to as you said uh, uh, educating ch- children Etc. How can they benefit from special from uh, from holidays and 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 especially the Small Business Day that's coming up on I think the
2: twenty eighth. Yeah, yeah. So so one thing most people when they think of Small Business Saturday, most people when they think of holiday shopping, they think of products, they think of retail. There that have such wonderful things to provide that make great gifts. So the first thing is you've got to let, as a as a service business owner, you've got to let people know that that you're that you're participating, that you're a part of Small Business Saturday. So and and you want to try to get them in the door so that they have some sort of a memorable, uh, you know, framework for your business as well. So email, you know, use email marketing, send an email blast out to all of your your current client base, use. Facebook and Twitter and your social channels to let people know and let them know that you're going to be doing some fun things. You want to you want to get them in the door. Um, you know you can you can do door prizes if people you know or and drawings for for different services if people come through the door. You can give away something different every hour. You can you use Twitter to let people know you know during the next hour there's going to be a you know free massage if you if you if you show up. Um, so you really want to kind of first and foremost let people know that you're participating, um, and from there, you know, you, you really want to leverage your relationships. So not only the relationships with your current client base and letting them know that you're participating in Small Business Saturday and you have some promotions that you're offering, but leverage your relationships with your fellow business owners in your community. So this is something that service business businesses in particular want to take advantage of is who are the other business owners that provide a similar service to you? So for example, in our in our circumstance, we provided personal training and physical conditioning, and we had a chiropractor that we formed a relationship with early on who would send us people to get stronger because he saw right away that when he worked on folks, the stronger ones got better faster, and the ones that had, you know, um, you know, weaknesses in various areas, it took them longer to, they had to see him more frequently. It took them longer to to, to get better. So we formed a great relationship. Things like, um, you know, dog walkers or dog trainers can, can form relationships with pet stores that sell products like leashes and collars and those types of things. And you can bundle those services together. So you can, you can offer specials. Um, you can play off of both of your audiences, both of your clientele, by offering things that are going to be that, that really complement each other. Um, so, so, so that would be, you know, that would be one of the the key things. Leverage the, the relationships that you currently have. Let your current client base know that you are participating, that you have some special promotions going on. Encourage them to tell their friends and family and share your message on Facebook and Twitter. And then really partner with some people in your community that are that are complementary to what you're doing.
1: Well, you, well, your product um, uh, is designed for service business to, to um, uh, create appointments, to uh, even billing, etc. But is, is it also important to uh, gather as many uh, uh, emails as you can from current, potential uh, clients and past clients, and use that as a list?
2: Absolutely. And when you typically, when you're signing somebody up. Um, in your business, you're collecting their their standard contact information. And if you're using Front Desk, you're going to collect their email address and, and you know their phone number and all those types of things, and you'll have that stored. So You'll have that access to that um, for email marketing purposes. And um, But another thing you can do, because you'll have that from your current client base, but you also want to expand that. So when you're having a, a, an event like Small Business Saturday or any other event that you might host throughout the year, You want to encourage the new people coming through the door to share that information with you as well. So you can also do promotions, you know, share your email, you know, we encourage you to share your email address with us. We'll give you relevant information about our business and and promotions. And we'll do a drawing of everybody who, who, you know, gives us their email address today. We're going to, you know, have a drawing for a free training session or a free obedience class if you're a dog walker or you know, free cooking class if you if you teach cooking lessons. You know, whatever your business is, you can find something that you would offer that would be good in that circumstance. But yes, Don, to your point, collecting emails is great. Um, obviously, this day and age, people are bombarded by a lot of email. But if it's what they want to see, and if you do a great job with your subject lines, and you're not you know sending them too frequently, you can really gain you know really benefit from um, Putting your message out there and, and 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 gain new clients and new business from from email marketing
1: well one thing I've noticed with uh, service businesses um, is uh, uh oftentimes the quality of the interface with the uh, uh, uh the employees varies. Do you have any thoughts on how to improve uh uh and integrate uh, your employees into uh the, the total marketing effort
2: you know it, it's it's you're you're right it's a tricky it's a tricky thing because with service businesses it's not like a retail center where i'm coming and i'm buying something and i have a really quick transaction maybe i ask for help finding something and then i go to the counter and i buy it and then i go out the door and i'm and i'm gone in a service business most of the clients are coming on a repeat basis i'm coming once a week for a massage or three times a week for personal training um or monthly for to get my nails done. You know, you, it's it's a relationship. So um you really as an owner need to take special care in who you hire and who you have interfacing with your with your clientele because again, relationships matter and if you know, if you have a staff member that um isn't isn't promoting your company or isn't representing your company the way that you'd like, it can actually be quite damaging to your business. So, that is something that that as an owner you want to take take great care in. And then there's not an easy answer to that because you know hiring is a tricky thing. And um, but but definitely look for people that that represent you well. And and if you if you see something going on that that's not you know not the direction you want it to go, you got to nip that stuff in the bud. Sooner as opposed to later, so that you uh, minimize minimize the the, the damage.
1: Well, well, what's your secret for hiring a person? That's a question I always ask uh, our guests.
2: <laughs> well, you know, at NorCal we um we've we've had a lot of different iterations on how we hire. Now we um we we've, we've actually the last two people we hired came from Colorado. We did kind of a national call and and we did some Skype interviews first, and then what we do is we have folks come out and um basically intern for a week or be or, or you know be in the gym for a week and we watch them with clients, we talk to them, you can get within usually the first day of, of speaking with someone and working with somebody, you can get a good sense of, you know, is is, is your gut telling you, yes, this person is going to be a good fit for your team or is your gut telling you, ah, there's some red flags here. You know, you get a good sense. And after a week you certainly know whether or not this is somebody you want to move forward with. Um so I just recommend that you listen to your gut first and foremost. Have some sort of a probationary period. You know, often it's 90 days. So that if somebody, you know, for whatever reason they pass all of your pass with flying colors when you do your gut check, um, but if something, you know, in that 90 days, you know, their their performance isn't really what you expected, or you know, give yourself a little wiggle room so that you're not, um, you know, and, and tell them straight up this might not work for you and this might not work for us. And if that's the case, then we're going to go our different ways. But, yeah, hiring is tricky. But you've got to, you know, it's it's just part of being a business owner, and you get better at it with time, and you also get better at firing people with time. Um, That's never fun. Um, But, you know, you just got to, if you're in business, it's just part of what you have to do.
1: What's the single biggest thing you've learned in these 10 years that you never thought um, you you would uh, learn or think about?
2: Um, you know, I I learned I really learned about what it is to be an introvert versus an extrovert. So I I'm and and what those mean cuz I used to think that an introverted person is just somebody who's shy and they hang back and they don't talk to people and they get really nervous. Uh when in fact, an introvert can be a very outgoing person that can public and can get a big group of people excited to do a warm up or, you know, do whatever. Um but it but but the introverted personality, that that kind of tends to drain them, and they need a lot of time to recover. I'm an, introvert, I'm an introverted person, and uh, I didn't realize how much I needed to take care of myself when I have a very uh, people, uh, high people interaction job. Um, you know, coaching classes and training people, you're on all the time. And working with people, which is great, but you've also, you know, if you're an introvert, you've also got to take your downtime. And you've got to really protect that; otherwise, you can burn out pretty quickly. Um, but yeah, just learning that—that that, you know, being—you you know, most people would look at me and probably guess that I'm an extrovert. But you—you've got to know in yourself, like what 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 makes you tick, and what what types of things you need to do to make sure that you can be on the way that you need to be on, and you need to take care of yourself.
1: Well, you, well, one would hardly think that you're an introvert the way you're talking here on the air.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, and that's the that's my point. Like, you know, you you can look at a bunch of different people, and I know a lot of people that are public speakers, and, and they're introverts as well. They they can turn it on, and you can be that person in service businesses in particular. You're providing a service, and you're working with people day in and day out. It tends to be kind of draining. Um, Hair stylist is a classic example. You know, they have people back to back in their chair all day long, talking about their dogs and their family and their husbands, and you know, it's it's. It it's it's nonstop. And so if you have a high people interaction job, which I would I would argue that most service businesses do, most service practitioners are, um, then you really do need to take care of yourself. Unless you're the person that thrives on that. Now the extrovert does does that and they come home jazzed and excited and they don't even need to kick their feet up. They're just kind of you know, buzzing from it. But I'd say most people probably do need to have some balance of that and they need to make sure that they, they protect their, their private time too.
1: People uh, people want to know more about Front Desk. How do they find out?
2: Absolutely. So frontdeskhq.com is our website. Um, we have a great promo video and a demo video you can check out. Any service business that, wants, that needs to schedule appointments for their clients, book clients in classes, or maybe you have events and workshops or seminars that you sell, we can handle all of that. We can help you handle the billing aspects, the scheduling aspects, and, again, you can do everything from your mobile device.
1: FrontdeskHQ.com. Frontdesk.com?
2: FrontdeskHQ.com.
1: Ah. Okay. Uh, Nikki Violetti, thank you so much for being with us tonight. Uh, we're going to invite you back, talk about it more uh, in the new Coffee's year. Done.
2: Thank you so much, and, and uh, we'll have to hook up for coffee when you're in Reno next.
1: Uh, Very definitely. I'll... I'll, I'll Uh, definitely uh, uh give you a call
2: sounds good don thanks so much for having me thank you bye
1: our next guest is going to answer a question that we we get more um emails about than probably any other subject particularly around this time how do you value your company well i have to tell you uh uh Tom Hurley uh, is here with us. He's head of the company and uh but I have to tell you I, I uh, tested out a site valuation.com and how they got that name I don't know. Uh we're going to ask him. And I have to tell you I just we had just finished valuing our company very expensively and then I went on his site and uh uh put in the the few data points that they uh Asked, and it was amazing how close they came to our paid valuation. That's why he's on the program tonight. Tom, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you very much. I am, uh, I'm delighted to be here. I appreciate you having us on. Well,
1: uh, Tom, we always ask our guests first to tell us a little bit about themselves personally before we get into anything else. So tell us a little bit about your background.
0: Sure. Okay. Well, I'm I'm a finance guy, I guess would be the best way to describe me. Um my one of my partners in valuations.com and I have a a small investment bank where we advise small and mid-sized companies to on um, um you know mergers and acquisitions work and arranging financings and so Day every day we're thinking about you know, how to increase the value of our clients' companies and, and how buyers might view them and, and that sort of thing. So, my day job, uh, in, in addition to valuations.com, is really working in the, in the real world with, with small companies and helping them, you know, achieve their objectives with either selling or buying or, or raising capital. Um, I've had some experience in community banking. Uh, i been a small business owner myself. So, I've been in and around this area and this space quite a lot, and the the, the question always comes up in no matter almost any context when you're talking about a business, whether they they ask it or not, and they, you know they're thinking it is, what's my business worth? And um, so that was really one of the main drivers, and the um, it came together really with with two um, with my with two partners, uh, myself, and I, I mentioned my my partner in the and um, in our investment bank, Michael Ward. But the real technologist behind the the site is um, is a gentleman by the name of Michael Prince, who is the founder of Corporation Wiki, and he uses some really cool technology to integrate large databases to to make sense out of all the information that exists out there. So that's that's really the three of us getting together, just kind of talking about the problem, is what led to valuations.com.
1: Uh, well, was the name available, or did you have to buy it? <laughs> no, we
0: had to buy it. We had to buy it. It was um, it's it, that's an interesting process and in and of itself, and maybe maybe a good <laughs> topic for a show. But um, yeah, there, there it's interesting um, what you, you have to go through to get a good domain name. Well,
1: uh, I would love to have you back talking about that because uh, <laughs> uh, uh, that's another subject. Uh, you know, now with all these uh, dot .tv, etc., um, but it, but .dot com is still the preferred. Uh, uh, I don't know. Second, I don't know what they call it, but anyway, mm-hmm. uh, I agree. Uh, I just I, I had an interesting conversation with someone uh, earlier this week about uh, this very subject, and uh, but but that's for another time. <laughs> Tell us now about, about valuation. Uh, Dot, dot com. Mm-hmm. As I said, um, I went on it and I was amazed how close you came to. Uh, we went through, as you know, a month-long process with evaluation mm-hmm. expert, and then when I went on, you were a little lower than he he was, but not that much to have made a significant difference. So mm-hmm. tell us tell us a little bit about it and uh, how it works and uh, why people should use it.
0: Sure. Well, the, f- the first thing about it is, and it was a, sort of a core principle of ours, is we wanted to make it free. We wanted to make it available to, to everybody so that they didn't have to spend all of the money that, that you spent and so many people spend to, to get access to this information. Um, but, but basically how it works is there's, there's a lot of data available out there, both public data from the IRS and from various governmental sources on industries and businesses in those industries and and the the relative profitability. And then there's a lot of private data sources available that we access that, um, again, on the similar types of um, uh, topics where, you know, uh, what multiples do certain businesses trade for and and those sorts of things. And so Michael Prince, who's – this is really his area of expertise – uh, and Michael Ward, who was, who, like I guess, say, is is one of the the, the brighter finance guys you will meet. He he grades CFA exams, so he's he's a pretty bright guy. We the three of us work together on on building a um, building the yeah. algorithm, and 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 Michael Prince designed the 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 software basically to pull in all of these relevant relevant data sources, and um, you know it yields evaluation just based on the revenue of the company, its relative growth rates, uh, and its industry. Now, as you went through it, you probably saw where we we make some pretty big assumptions around those around the growth rates and profit margins and that sort of thing, and then you can go in and then modify those to match your individual circumstance. And what we found is that after uh, a user actually goes in and modifies just just the growth rate and the profit margin, based on his revenue, we can get really close to what a valuation, a um, a conventional valuation would yield, and maybe even more importantly, what the business would bring in the open market if it were to to sell. Because at the end of the day, that's the most accurate valuation is what another another company is willing to pay for it. So, So that's really what it is. It's just pulling together a lot of information that's available, some that's not. And you know some of our our um, our experience being in the sort of lower middle market um, with uh, companies we sort of know you know what some of the value drivers are and and so we incorporate some of those things into our into our model and if, if you go through our, our our methodology it's pretty we're pretty transparent in terms of. Showing sort of what the discounted cash flow valuation would be versus the public market com- comparable versus a private market comparable, and then we 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 blend all of those numbers together to arrive at at the number. And um, it's relatively straightforward. Um, but our key is we really want to make it easy to use and, and and a valuable tool for for a small business uh, owner who doesn't have a you know, probably doesn't have a CFO. Probably doesn't have a, a staff of accountants and and finance people. So,
1: well, yeah. Um, let's good, let's dig a little deeper into it, because mm-hmm. um, for instance, my my business is really predicated on our database. We have a, a 4.2 million small business readers on, from, to our various media. We have a magazine, uh, a online uh, newsletter, this radio program. And mm-hmm. to me, to me, the most difficult. A dry cleaner is obviously an easy one to do, but for ours, it was. Um, and, and I spent over a half hour on your site uh, working on it because I couldn't mm-hmm. quite find the com- comparable to to my business, and I had to kind of work at it. Um, right.
0: Uh, In terms of the uh, populating, what does your company do? Sort of getting the right industry to describe exactly what you're doing. Yeah. And so if you, it sounds like you're a diversified company too, so you probably don't fit within one um SIC code, right? So you're you're doing a, a couple of different things. And so yeah, that that's um that takes a little bit more of a of an art in terms of kind of finding what what the right just the right comp or the right um category to be in would be for sure.
1: But someone for instance who is a manufacturer of widgets would uh, would not would not necessarily have those problems.
0: No, and 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 a way of doing that would be to um, we have a client that's got a multifaceted business on our investment banking side, and we've 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 t- tested this this tool with our with our clients um, just to, as a sounding board, and they're really it's a really valuable sounding board, obviously, because we can test sort of what the site yielded in terms of a value and what they actually achieved in the marketplace after selling their business. And so to me, that's the best way of of determining whether it actually yields a good result. Because frequently, as you know, if you value your business or you pay a typical valuation company to value your business, one of the things they're going to ask is, what's this for, right? Right. You know, if it's for tax reasons, maybe they'll value it low. If it's for another purpose, maybe they'll value it high. But it's, there's sort of a built-in bias to it, right? And so, in our case, we really wanted to make it just about the numbers. Um, so, um, and in, in the case of the the, the company we we're talking about, he had he had three distinct businesses that were in his one business, and so we just we just value each one of those business segments and then aggregate it because he was in three different industries and so that would be a way of sort of dealing with that that problem of having multiple kind of industries represented within your one business.
1: Well, uh obviously now you've launched the product mm-hmm. who is your audience and how are you trying to reach that audience?
0: Well, our audience is the is the small business owner um on one side of the equation and the other audience that we have are the service and capital providers to those small businesses. And so, you know, if a small business is thinking about what their business is worth and they go on our site to to fill in the the, the fields and to generate the report, clearly they've got something on their mind, and it's probably one of several things that either could be you know, valuing his business for life insurance purposes, or estate planning, or maybe craft an incentive plan for his employees, or maybe it's like you know, selling his business, or you know, maybe he just wants to raise some money, or maybe he wants to go to the bank and get some debt. But doesn't know exactly how much debt he can really afford. So all of those would be reasons why. A um, uh, or maybe he's just curious, right? A lot of us are just curious what a business is worth. It makes us sleep better at night knowing that it's you know it's it's worth a, a given number. So. When you think of those areas I just described, there are there are service providers that are trying to serve that customer for each one of those those um those goals, whether it's loaning them money or or uh you know helping them sell their business or you know, helping them with their estate planning, all those things. And so this site will eventually be you know, our our goal is to have it to be a, a really Value-added marketplace for the service providers and for the users, so that uh, where they can connect and on a um, on a regional basis and on a relevant basis, so that they're they're getting access to service providers that that understand their business and that have chosen to actually interface with them, uh, and that are geographically um, you know appropriate. So those are the two sort of segments of of users that we we are targeting, and so it's how to get to them. It's um, you know it's 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 all of the above unfortunately so um, it's 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 doing advertising it's getting the word out amongst our network of business owners and and service providers and uh, you know the word of mouth has been pretty powerful so far we've we've seen a, a rapid ramp up in usage and and we're of course delighted by that.
1: Well, um, but it, but I should say that the site is free. How will you make your
0: yeah. money? no, I think that how we're gonna make our money um there's a couple of different ways but the the primary way will be from service providers who find it valuable to be on the site because they're getting a valuable stream of referrals or or click throughs to their to their business, whether that be a an estate attorney or a bank or um uh you know business broker that sort of thing
1: so you're gonna add um Oh, uh, uh, might be on there, but I didn't see it. So you're gonna add uh, advertising and uh click throughs um, well,
0: uh well it's not so much advertising. So depending on we're gonna let the cust we're gonna let the user decide what he's interested in. Is he interested in somebody who provides sort of outsourced CFO services or uh CPA services or estate planning, whatever the case may be? And then we'll have a menu of geographically, you know, appropriate um, uh, what's the right word? Menu of of those providers that they can then um, go in and see. So it's not going to be banner ads and that sort of thing. It's really going to be targeted at specifically what this particular business owner is looking for. Well,
1: I'm I'm looking forward to that. Uh, uh, we are trying to decide i i'm i'm 71 years old and i'm trying to figure out how how to finance my retirement mm-hmm. uh, i've been a serial entrepreneur for uh, for a long time it's now time mm-hmm. to start uh, kind of planning uh, an exit strategy you should have planned the exit strategy before uh, when, when you start the business but i've never done <laughs> I've never done things logically, so why, why start well,
0: now? No, good entrepreneurs never think about that. They're, they're thinking about you know building the next great company, and so. But you know that you bring up an interesting point. So one of the features to our site that that we think is going to be a real value to our to our users will be uh, a section that will 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 offer them some some in essence coaching and some benchmarking for their business, and so. I don't know if you ran across that part of their site. So we'll we'll be able to show them where their business rates relative to the industry peers and and other industries as well on um, things like profit margin and working capital and quick ratios and those sorts of metrics. Things that will help them understand. Okay, well I'm I'm strong here, or I could maybe use a little bit more work in this other area. All of those things driven really towards helping them maximize the value of their business and help them think about okay. You know, if a, if an investor or a banker or a buyer of my company were looking at this business, you know, we, we want them to see you know, we want it to, to you know reflect it in the best possible light. So we we really want to create a toolbox and a an area in our site where we can actually help, or they can help themselves really by just looking at the data on where they can improve um you know their business before they even decide to sell it. Because as you pointed out, you really need to be thinking you know, years down the road, um, you know, to tweak it and 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 tune it to 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 its its best possible condition before you decide you want to go out and try to either sell it or raise money.
1: Well, uh, are you also hoping, for instance, um, um, are you also hoping that uh, people could use the valuation when they walk into the bank and say, the, the bank always says, well, you, you know, to. Uh, what does your company look like, and uh, 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 we want to loan money against it. We'll certainly loan it against uh, your property, plant, and equipment, but we won't. uh, uh, For instance, uh, when I've gone for a loan, uh, they look at my database and say, because uh, it simply doesn't compute inside uh, most uh, banks and financial institutions, because the only value I really have is my database. Of right. uh, opted readers, um, you know. Well, I mean, I, you're,
0: you're exactly right. I mean, our, our vision really is: is to, we're going to continue to make the model more and more robust from a valuation standpoint, and so that it, it will become a a tool that not only the the user could use when he goes into his bank, but the bank could actually use on an ongoing basis to monitor their loan portfolio of, of business customers, because if you think about it you know, the average bank and this comes from my community banking background, you know, they they'll have a, a current appraisal on the property and and plant and they'll have their most recent financial statements, but they won't really have anything that reflects the going concern value of the business. And it, and and that's a really um that's a really costly thing to get on a on an ongoing basis. And clearly our site is a very efficient way of doing that. So our vision for it really is, you know, to give banks a, a better uh, you know, and that's just another tool to um, to be able to underwrite their clients or their customers, you know, better.
1: Well, um, uh, it's interesting. We we do regular surveys. And one of the questions we ask often is, uh, what's your SIC or, or NIAC uh, code? And most yep. small businesses don't know it.
0: No, no. In fact, before I got into this project, I had no idea what mine was when the various businesses I was in. You're right, and um, so that's why in our in our what does your company do we 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 allow you to go in and to start typing keywords that sort of relate to your company and then it populates with what we think you're trying to say, and then it allows you to you know hone in from there if you know your s i c code then it's even more precise but um yeah that that's um there there' it's a very helpful coding system because there's a tremendous amount of data out in the market. Yeah, uh, or out in the public domain that we can pull on when we know those. When we know those numbers, but um, you're right. Most small business guys, and a guy who owns a landscape company or a, you know, dry cleaner certainly probably doesn't know what his SIC is.
1: Well, they're the easy ones. Uh, I, I keep part of the reason why I wanted you on the program is because, uh, as I've indicated, it is right now yeah. it's an important part of what I'm doing. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I really had to search around and see if uh, how I could do it, um, how I could find the uh, comparables. And uh, um, uh, I think I did. No, I cheated a little bit using the valuation that was just given to us. But even there, he, uh, he admitted that it was very difficult to find the comparable for us because we're kind of unique. Yeah. Um, uh, you know yeah I mean you the could,
0: uh, the, 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 pretty, the, the yeah I'm sorry the easiest thing is 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 just on on traditional discounted cash flow analysis um, but you still need to understand the industry to to derive sort of the appropriate discount rate and and but so you're right, it is difficult if you've got a very unique business to to make it fit inside the conventional valuation box um you know, one one of the things we found, as I mentioned earlier, is we if you if you break it into pieces, sometimes that helps because you might you might have three conventional businesses that are put together in an unconventional way. So as a as a com- combination, they're not really typical, but there's probably lines of business that you have that that are. And so that's a, that's another way of of getting at it. It's more of a two or three step process. But um, yeah, that that's it. You know, that's the kind of thing that we would coach our our users through and, and try to help them you know get at the best possible information for them where are you located? Um, so our headquarters is in Orlando, Florida um you know we've my all of us are our Florida Florida residents but we our investment banking uh practice is is nationwide so we we see in, in businesses and industries that are you know that are all over the United States and um what we found is interesting we we we've we've shown this tool to a number of private equity firms as well as some of our our business contacts and co- and clients and and uh outside of a couple of different you know very specific industries it's it's been relative it's been very um very accurate in terms of how how it predicts especially when you go in and tweak the growth rates and the and the um and the profit margins to reflect you know, the actual numbers, it really does do a uh, do a phenomenal job of doing that. And so that's you know, we want to create a, a really compelling experience for the user and, and make them walk away from the site saying, Wow, that was really you know, that really got it. I'm I'm I've got I've got faith in those uh and what these guys are doing. And so that way when we bring in some of the other resources, um, you know, they'll find our 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 site to be something that is, is um you know a key part of their um, toolbox, and uh, well, you know we um, believe if we go ahead,
1: you first. You
0: yeah, I was gonna say if if we if we keep doing making the model better and better and better, I'm convinced that um, you know it'll it'll end up uh, will end up having a, a, a meaningful amount of traffic and and provide a meaningful amount of value to our customers, and so that the rest of that will take care of itself.
1: Well, let me ask you another question. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, In our surveys, um, we have found uh, 61% of uh, our respondents, and we average about 1,000 to 2,000 respondents in each survey, which I think is a pretty significant... uh, um,
0: Yeah.
1: 61% 61, said that the last three years they either have... Uh, declined in sales and profitability or remained essentially static. Um, mm-hmm. And that affects the valuation. How do you deal mm-hmm. with that? Because obviously we, we've been through a very difficult period. And and that uh, the number surprised me so much so that I went back and did the survey again and yeah. uh, just to make sure. And it, it was about 60% the second time through uh which may indicate that uh, um, it may indicate that m- maybe we are in, in uh uh improving the economy. It was 61% the first time uh beginning of the uh of the end of last year and then again we did it in August. Mm-hmm. Um, but and and uh, so what
0: they and what they're saying is is 60% are saying that their business is either flat or declining. Yes. Yeah
1: fascinating number.
0: That is. You know, and it's not inconsistent if you think about the GDP has been more or less a couple of percent, right? So it's, the, the economy itself is not growing that fast. And, and I imagine your users are skewed to the more of the small businesses and what we're seeing in our MNA practice is that there's just a lot of consolidation going on. So the big guys are getting bigger and they're probably consuming some of that growth that is, is leaving your respondents and that are responding to your survey. So, that doesn't really surprise me that much. Actually, that that the smaller firms are, are losing business to perhaps some of the larger firms that are that are consolidating.
1: Well, we've primarily concentrated the fifty and under employee rate. Yeah, exactly. This was, skewed. Mm-hmm. this was skewed, but that would affect the valuation considerably. It does,
0: met, yeah. Absolutely, and so. Yeah, Because if you think about the way the calculation – one of the big calculations that we use, especially – and and if you played around on the site, you might see that the smaller the business, the more we typically rely on a discounted cash flow because that's mm-hmm. typically how, how the buyers would. And the bigger the business, you can get closer to the publicly traded comps. So in the small business, sub-50 employees um, – yeah, a declining business is going to show. You know, when you when you schedule out the um, the future cash flows and it's, make that assumption that it's going to continue to decline, the present value of those obviously is going to be much lower than if it was flat or growing. And so, you know, as, if we were putting our advisory hat on, what we would say is, is um, you know, do your very very best to create a base case scenario that is. You know that has as much growth in it as possible, so that if if there is a decline, then you know try to sp- sparse out the numbers in a way that you can explain maybe a, a product line that you discontinued or a customer that you lost for a good reason or something along those lines, so that the buyer when they are looking at it can can look at it and say, well, yeah, they're declining, but there's a good reason for it. Um, no doubt, it still affects value. There's no question, um, but. You know, there's ways of, of of sort of mitigating part of that problem if you can if you can have a really good explanation for why.
1: Yeah. Oftentimes they don't give you they don't give you a chance to uh, give the explanation. They say, "Up, oh, no, that's, that's it, th- goodbye."
0: Yeah, or or your business will offer you this, which is half of what you think or know it's worth. Yeah, and that's 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 definitely an issue. And and, well, I, and well, the they, other piece of it too is that I mean. The, the, what I was going to say is one of the areas that we think the site has a lot of promise for is 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 matching up good companies with um, capital sources as well because if you think about the last three to five years for most small businesses, it's been hard, right? And so their, their, their three-year financials don't look very good. And so if they were to walk into a bank, they're not going to get a – and the banks themselves are being more regulated. So the banks are less willing to lend and the customers that are coming in have financials that are – you know, historically for the last three years, looked pretty bad, even though the business is getting better. So, you know, need for capital is a real um, it's a real issue for small businesses, especially. And so, one of our goals in this, and with valuations.com is to create a uh, a vehicle to help match make you know good companies with either debt or equity sources that they don't currently have the ability to access.
1: Oh well, it's definitely needed. The other interesting trend is the fact that uh, there's a, a generational shift in small business. Um, and a lot of small, small business uh, owners have now reached the retirement area. They're, mm-hmm. and, uh, well, at the same time, their children don't want to work as hard as they did and <laughs> don't want to go into the family business. There were more. Uh, yeah. I saw a statistic that said there were more. Businesses for sale in the last two years than at any other time in the last uh, 30 years, and um, uh, so you have a perfect storm of lower valuations and more uh, businesses on the market, and uh, right. Uh, so that's what, that's why I, when I saw your uh, your site and, and uh, when it came across my desk. I really wanted mm-hmm. you on the program because uh, it is what our audience is telling telling us they want to uh, 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 they want to learn more about. Fifty nine percent of our audience are either presidents and or owners of yeah. companies. Yeah, that's so, great.
0: Uh, well, and, but anyway. And if- and if you think about it, one of our goals too is 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 in the actual when you're tweaking your valuation and playing around with the profit margin and growth rates, it becomes really apparent um, the impact that just a few percentage points increase in margin what that does to your valuations. And so that's one of the nice features to our site is that you can literally toggle that that profit margin you know up a few percent and you can see the immediate response. On the model and what it will mean to your valuation, and so these types of um, real, sort of tangible cues, we hope will be instructive to our users, so that they'll say, "Gosh, you know, if we if we do make that investment, or we do that uh, that take that action to to increase our profitability just by this, look at the look at the impact. It may may increase our profitability a couple of points, but it may have profound, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of in, impact on their actual enterprise value." And so. Um, you know, we hope we hope that our, our our users get that that benefit out of it because certainly as as we've played with it ourselves, we've we've really learned a lot about you know just what those those little changes in margin and growth can can mean huge changes to your value.
1: If people want to talk to you beyond dot com, how can they do it?
0: Um, well, through our website, we have a, a contact form at valuations dot com. And um, we don't have a very big company, so if they if they reach out to us, we'll get me or one of my partners. Um, and uh, you know that's probably the best and, and most uh, efficient way at this point.
1: Yeah, we're talking with Tom Hurley, who's one of the three co-founders of Evaluation dot com, which is a, a a site that I found fascinating. I, I, I'm sure if you've been listening, he's. he's see how fascinated I am by it. Um, he's, uh, they've put together what I think is one of the most valuable tools I've seen in a long time uh, to help uh, small business leaders uh, go about uh, finding out just what their companies are worth. Uh, as Tom has pointed out, uh, it, uh, for planning purposes, for estate planning. Finding loan, uh, finding uh, money to proceed. Um, I'm really glad Tom came here today to talk with us because uh, I know I've learned a lot, and I hope our audience has as well. Uh, Tom, any f- final thoughts?
0: No, I think this is a great forum, and I really um, I'm grateful to be to be included in your show tonight, and we're we're excited about the opportunity and. And I think you're doing a great. I really enjoyed the previous segment too. So I, I'm uh, I'm a I'm a new fan and a new uh, a new listener. So, but I appreciate you having us on. And and if anybody has any questions, obviously valuations.com is pretty pretty easy to find and um, pretty easy to remember. So we'll uh, we'll hope hope our our paths cross soon.
1: Well, we're going to invite you back in the new year to talk further. Uh, I'd love to talk about how you got the name. 'cause that's a, again another subject that um uh, uh, uh that people are in, uh, interested in now because uh interestingly enough the the number of uh, dot com websites available has uh, uh, i'm told by uh, someone in the industry has now become um uh, a a period of uh disgorgement they've been hoarding hmm. these uh Valuable uh, uh, URLs and now they're uh, with the .dot us .dot .um, tv and other ones and all these other names that are valuable. I think people are trying to cash in before they become less valuable. So
0: yeah,
1: I but, think that's probably uh, so. Well, Tom, uh, again, have uh, have a great Thanksgiving and a great holiday, and we will definitely invite you back. Um, Uh, next year and talk more
0: great I appreciate it and you have a great holiday as well and uh, have a great evening thank you thank you cheers bye
1: thank you for listening tonight all of our guests are invited because they offer actionable advice to our audience they do not pay to join us but rather demonstrate their capacity for helping our audience and profits Thank you for listening, and we'll be here again next week with other experts to talk about ways to improve your profit picture. Remember, we're here every week at blogtalkradio.com slash smallbusinessdigest. If you like what you heard today, tell others about our efforts. If you'd like to be a guest or suggest topics for future hours, email me at info at smallbusinessdigest.net. That's info at .net. We would also like to remind listeners that besides our radio efforts, Small Business Digest comes to you via the web, through our video channel, and in our magazine. You can subscribe for any or all of these by going to .net at smallbusinessdigest.net. Thank you, and have a good day.